Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk's L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on the sharing and gig economy. L. is also the chair of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Please note, this podcast has been prepared for informational purposes and is not legal advice by the Marketplace Risk team or the presenters. The material discussed should not be construed as legal advice or a legal opinion on any specific issue. We urge you to consult a lawyer concerning your own situation and any specific legal questions you may have. Please contact us at info@marketplacebiz.com, and we can put you in touch with the appropriate professional. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Al. Hello, and welcome back to the Platform Podcast. Today, I am joined by Eamon Galvin, who is CEO and co-founder of No Carbon. Eamon, welcome to the Platform Podcast. Thank you, Al. Looking forward to it. Um, now, you are not our typical necessarily uh, either sort of platform founder, marketplace founder, or in, you know, at the other side of things. Obviously, we have a lot of people coming on the Platform Podcast talking about things like ID verification and fraud prevention and and risk management, that side of things. But what's really interesting about you is that um, No Carbon um, is is working to help marketplaces and and all sorts of companies, I believe, and individuals to understand what their carbon impact is. But also, I think you have got a very interesting background when it comes to all things marketplace, because you've actually worked with some of the big ones. So tell me a bit about your background, first of all, and then we can maybe talk about how No Carbon came about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, So I have spent, as you mentioned, quite quite a bit of time working on marketplaces, Mainly with uh, with eBay, um, both um, on, on, on setting up and, and the, the, the the running of the of, of eBay.ie, and then the move towards uh, working on the, the European uh, roles, um, but mainly on the customer experience side. So you know, huge learnings on in terms of how to operate marketplaces, and then also with um, with Betfair, and uh, and then I was running a uh, property platform. Um, in, in Ireland for, for, for a number of years. So great experience from, you know, uh, the, the bigger eBay, you know, when you have 20,000 plus employees, um, but then running a smaller marketplace when you've, you know, you've 50 uh, people, but actually you've great exposure to all the different levers, the product lever, the, you know, marketing, etc. So yeah, that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. And eBay, I mean, obviously one of the the big and early players in the, in the the marketplace space. Um, and it, w- were you aware at the time when you we were working for them that this marketplace model was going to be, you know, so you know so disruptive and so important? Um, because presumably that was a few years ago. Yeah. So so it, it would have been two thousand and eight when I would have started working, and I was there for over five years. The market, the model had, had had grown rapidly with the the auction based uh, format, and then there was a, a, a change, if you like, with the realization that that format was, let's say, limiting growth and the move towards the the, the, the buy it now format. Uh, but but eBay, I think people underestimate uh, because a lot of the attention has shifted to, you know, Amazon. I guess is the one that people think of in terms of of of, of e commerce, but eBay is uh, is a very significant player. The last time I looked, they were just under 100 billion in in total revenue, 
Um, so it's actually kind of one of those ones that's uh, and was very innovative in terms of that uh, you know that 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 marketplace around the interaction between the actual smaller sellers and then the evolution as you start to bring on the bigger sellers and the commercial sellers. But getting the balance right between those is really important because you get a lot of unique things from the individual sellers. And then the bigger uh, businesses are able to bring on, you know, consistency of inventory, breadth of inventory. So there's a lot of interesting things happening in a in a in a marketplace like uh, like eBay. Mm-hmm. But something must have piqued your interest um, during this period working for these big marketplaces that prompted you now to be um, to to have founded No Carbon. So tell me about that that part of the journey because what you're doing now is is really it's sort of consulting around the the um, the carbon impact piece is that is that right tell me a bit more about no carbon yeah so great question so so i feel like had all that that marketplace experience and then two very simple things uh that prompted the the, the, the shift if you like into carbon or understanding it uh one i, I took my daughter into uh to one of the uh the, the, the friday for the climate um uh, protests and she was 12 at the time um, and that was kind of inspirational when you saw uh, saw what the what the you know the, the the kind of emotion of the children what they were trying to uh, mm. what they were looking for I guess um, and prompts the thought like what can we do and the other one was just I just didn't know El it's like I didn't know how carbon was how it affects our daily lives like because you get all the kind of climate change. Um, um, coverage on the media but in terms of, of what's actually driving us of our day-to-day so a curiosity I guess a combination of you know the the experience of, of taking my daughter in at one hand and then the curiosity around look how, how is carbon play into all this and it turns out that it has a really really important role in terms of uh, of, of driving um, the, the, the climate change. Mm-hmm. And you, you focus now at no carbon of helping I, I believe um, correct me if I'm wrong both individuals and businesses to to calculate their impact and to what well, presumably work on reducing it is that right how does how does a typical um, sort of client um, move through the, the journey with you yeah so I think the two are, 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 are related because the way we think about it is understand what's the carbon impact of, of a business? So good examples would be some of the, the, the sharing economy businesses where, you know, we, we believe they have a, you know, very, a very positive impact uh, through the, the business models. So where you have a peer-to-peer sharing platform, um, for example, like car share on, on, on sharing cars, then when we look at the economics around the carbon around that, they're, they are, they're, they're, they're quite, they can be quite positive. Um, where you're reusing assets and you're reducing people's individual footprint. And that's the kind of tie back to the individual because it's the business has a proposition, but then how does that relate to individuals and how can you can create almost work with a business to understand a, what its impact is and then like, how do you reduce that impact? Uh, and then how do you, if you like frame what they're doing in terms that customers can then make better and more informed choices. So we, we I, I like to think of it as like we're, we're working and we, it's not just marketplace business, but with any business town, you know, understand what their carbon impact is and then how do they make those changes that, that reduces that. And that could be if they have a very good product whereby they can create a, you know, a more compelling customer proposition 
for their uh, for the for the consumers. Yeah, because I think with sharing economy platforms, particularly, and obviously recently you have been at the Sharing Economy Global Summit talking exactly about this. I think that people can assume that sharing economy platforms are are sort of good, aren't they? They're good. They're they're a good way to to do things rather than just buy things. But actually, it's a lot more complex than that, isn't it? Because that good that benefit isn't always going to be around reducing a carbon footprint. But what you can help platforms to do is to, you know, to to quantify that impact and to see where the benefit is. And presumably, I'm, I'm just trying to work this out in my own head, it can be that the business itself isn't particularly um, doing much good, but what they're doing is allowing people as individuals to 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 do you know to reduce their own individual carbon footprints but that's not always the case is it and I suppose as we um, have spoken before this conversation we talk about risks um, and the risks of marketplaces presumably this is a risk that people can assume that the sharing economy platform is is helping you to reduce your carbon footprint but that's not necessarily the case at all am, am I groping around for yeah. some sort of clarity is that right yeah I, I think the way that we think about it is is in principle if you're if you're sharing if you're sharing items so you're not you know you're you're, you're avoiding the need to rebuy new things and, and let's make it practical um, so in the case of, of of car share where instead of you know every individual going out and buying a new car we're using the existing uh, pool of cars so there's a benefit uh, there's a benefit there um, if you look at a platform where you're reusing items, uh, for example, uh, Tom is, is uh, West that we know, you know, setting up RentMy, they are um, looking to to reuse items that, you know, instead of buying the the the, the paddleboard, you you use it from somebody else. So in principle, that's a good thing because it avoids mm. the, the the purchase of a new product. But what we would always say is, look, we. Ye- you've got to look at the data and you've got to look at all of the data around it, the transaction. So in principle, if I was living next door to you and I share my paddleboard with you or share other items, then that's positive. Um, but if I was sharing with somebody that was living you know, a lot further away and there was a transport cost in, in, in doing that, then that would be a slight, there would be a different carbon calculation. It might still be positive, but again, that's where we would just need to look at the data. To make sure that the actual transaction is 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 positive, uh, in a carbon sense, that we have, we're, we're reducing at an individual level our our, uh, our our consumption of our use of carbon. One of the things about sharing economy platforms that I like and I often talk about is that they they often democratize in the sense that they allow people to access a product or an experience that they might not um, previously have been able to Um, and I've worked in the past with a boat sharing platform and obviously you and I both know many um, of these RV or camper van um, platforms there is possibly the argument there that this item um, this you know boat or, or camper van would just be sitting there um, and then we've enabled somebody else to go and use it, take it somewhere. Um, obviously, it 
might need to use fuel, etc. You know, these things are quite complex. I mean, how do you go about when a sharing economy platform comes to you and says, you know, I want to know what the benefit of people using this is? How do you go about helping them to find that? Because if if the answer is it's not really beneficial, is there a sense that you might need to encourage them to be a bit more transparent about that um, and maybe not... I, I think I coined the phrase recently, share washing. Um, it, it's sort of the idea that, you know, just by saying you're a sharing economy platform, you, you know, there's some sort of intrinsic benefit to it, but there isn't necessarily always the case. Yeah. I, so so one of the things that we're very kind of very strong on, given our, our, our purpose is around the transparency of the, of the data. So making sure that... Mm you know any organization that's that's making claims on carbon can can really can really stand over those so that's that's really important um the other thing as well uh, uh, that, that is important is to think about it too in terms of individuals that so so you have the the the, 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 the carbon economics of the platform but also of the individuals in that it's really important for people to understand their own carbon impact and 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 uh, and how they're 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 contributing to 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 carbon, and that's through buying and using the day to day items. So, you know, you buy your iPhone, that will have a footprint of seventy plus kilos. You buy your car, that the purchase could be ten plus kilo or ten tons to actually, you know, to to build that car. So, for an individual, it's really important for them to understand that, and that's where it gets really interesting. All around the the the, the marketplaces, because while a transaction might seem like it has a higher footprint, like let's say renting a camper van, um, you would you would think that that has a high footprint, and it it has you've some transport cost as you drive you drive that, but if you were to compare that, for example, to an international holiday, it would be significantly mm-hmm. less. If you were to just mm-hmm. drive a smaller, you know, relatively small amount, you could get become even more efficient. Whereby instead of you know driving your own camper van from the home counties to Scotland you were actually to rent, you were to get the train up and then you were to rent it and only travel for a short uh, distance, you know, maybe do a tour of the distilleries or whatever. Um, that will be significantly lower, again, than, than, a, than, a, than a, you know, a long distance international holiday. So there's so many examples where at an individual level, by making some of these choices on the sharing economy, you can be more efficient. But then for the, for the sharing economy business to really understand uh, you, you know what are the full costs and for example to encourage things like um, you know local local pickup and local delivery and even using innovative transportation methods like where it's feasible uh, you know electric bikes or electric cargo bikes to do deliveries um, that, are, that are let's say shorter distance so it, it's it's complex but the simplification is individuals think about their footprint and then the business makes sure that they have really calculated all of the uh, the costs of their of their transaction yeah and i think what what you're saying as well is that if you can do things a bit better then that makes a difference too so it's not like you know you're you're just sort of you know turning to foraging and going to live in the woods you're you're just doing something and you're making a choice that actually does reduce your carbon footprint and as you say maybe not going abroad and doing this and the and the sharing platform has enabled you to do it so that's a good thing yeah i think that's a brilliant point i I, like i think that choice it is it's so important for us to think about 
if my baseline is I'm taking a you know a long distance um, international trip, and then what are the other options? Are there options to 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 reduce that? Are there local options to reduce that? Um, you know whether it's 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 it's, it's renting um, locally. Um, so that once you start that process. Like even for me as an individual, you know, once you start that process, then you start to think about making better choices and that raises your awareness and it kind of becomes a little bit uh, exploratory and, and kind of you're always looking to find, okay, I found a better solution. Now can I find another one? Like, for example, um, if you were to take like buying your mobile phone, for example, like your 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 Apple iPhone will have a footprint of 70 plus kilos. But for example, if you were to, delay that purchase over you know instead of doing it every year do it every two years then you've significantly reduced the footprint of that purchase mm -hmm. so uh, you know there's all these kinds of examples and that's what we want to do is to help people you know find those better choices that they can uh, that they can make and that's i think a, a, a big role that the, 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 the sharing economy can play yeah and it's um it's not you know it's meant to be um doable and uh, you know accessible and and not like yeah as some some radical change that is difficult for people to get on board with that's what the sharing economy enables isn't it that um that that, that shift that we can do things in a better different way um and you know still access the things we want but just um just uh, you know differently um talking about that and talking about people making changes in their life you did a, a, a brilliant session at the global summit and one of the things that was really interesting to me and quite gosh um shocking in a way um which I just wanted you to to sort of recap a bit on here was how much the the actual um I don't know if I'm going to use the right terminology here but the the carbon footprints of um people in the world is uh, you know is the responsibility of the higher net worth individuals and the rich. And um, I wondered if you could just talk talk around that briefly, because I think the sharing economy um, and this high net worth group, you know, there's more work to be done there in um, helping these people to to adopt maybe sharing practices. And, and you and I have, have talked about that. But I think this this piece around um, how much of um you know damage that these individuals are doing and what a small proportion of the population it is 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 fascinating so tell me a bit more about that again yeah look it it what are the early insights that that we had when we were looking at carbon is that you, you have to buy largely you have to buy carbon and what i mean by that is you you, you need income to, 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 to drive a high uh, carbon footprint or, or have a high impact. Not always the case. You could have a high income and you could be very frugal, but by and large, you do need to buy carbon, which means, you know, to have a high footprint, to run a, you know, a bigger car, um, you know, maybe more than one car, uh, have, you, you know, uh, international uh, holidays, uh constantly replacing the items like whether it's clothes or electronics or all of that requires income so so the data supports that around uh, so, so the top 10 percent of income earners globally drive over over 50 percent of the uh, the emissions so it's very heavily skewed towards the, the the higher income now when i say higher income 
Um, that's, you know, in, in the UK, the top decile is, is just over £50,000, £53,000 for the average income. And obviously there's there's a big dispersion within that. So there's there's people that are obviously significantly higher. So you get to the top 1%. But if you take that top 10% of income earners, they have a huge role to play through their consumption. Their current consumption is, is a very high carbon consumption. And, and therefore, interestingly, uh, because their because they're, uh, they're, if you like, income and their carbon impact is so high, there's a real opportunity around some of the products that the sharing economy offers. Because if you're in that group, you can afford to buy things but f- from a financial perspective. Like mm. if you decide, okay, I'm going to take a paddleboard, you just, you know, they, you go buy your paddleboard or you want to, whatever activity, you know, you're, you're actually able to, you have the purchasing power to actually do that. But actually, from a carbon perspective, you don't, because the the you know for us to get to the, the you know, achieve the Paris Agreement, you're looking at sixty to seventy percent reduction in our carbon by 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 twenty thirty on track for for net zero by twenty fifty. So for that high income group, things like the offers from the sharing economy can be can be quite powerful in terms of helping to reduce their their footprint. So instead of actually buying the items, mm-hmm. they actually um, you know, uh, either rent or uh, share those, those items. But do you think that, in a way, their motivation to do this, um, you know, how do we wrap this up as as sharing economy people to make it palatable? Because a lot of the benefits for people getting involved in the sharing economy, maybe on a lower income, is that, A, they can save money by by using other people's things and b they can make money from the things that they do have when we move into the higher income groups the motivations really shift there and obviously to to tell someone that this can help them reduce their carbon footprint is one thing but it it then gets a bit complicated because if it's easier for them to just buy it um you know they probably just will do that but then they become the owner maybe they can rent it out it's complex and i just sometimes you know, think that this is a, a real untapped market, but it's about talking to them in the right way. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, absolutely. I, I think it's an untapped market. I, I think it starts with what we talked about earlier was that choice is around understanding the implications of the decision that you're making. So, um, you know, that decision to like buy the paddleboard, you, if you've got a, a, a good or a high level of income, that's an easy financial transaction. You go out and you, you just, you know, you buy it. But then it sits in the garage and you never use it. You know, once you're conscious that there's a footprint associated with those items, think about, well, maybe, and it might be slightly less convenient, but at the start, but maybe you, you, you know, you, you, you rent and you get used to it. And you decide, look, is this something that I'm actually really, really going to use? Um and that's one entry point, but your, your your other point is very is is really important in that a lot of if if you're on higher income, you tend to have a lot of stuff as well, and therefore by by making that available um, to, to 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 other people through the sharing economy, it might not always be the most convenient thing, but actually you're you know you're you're making the things that you've purchased uh, available and therefore getting a better utilization 
uh, on those. Mm. The example could be around clothes. Um, well, you know, uh, good, good, mm. good fashion quality quality items. You know, they're going to sit in that higher income group, and therefore, them opening up that 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 stock on some of these sharing platforms can be can be quite beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. And I really want to sort of continue that conversation because I think that, you know, it is really important for us to be able to to get that benefit right for, for all the different demographics so that the sharing economy just, you know, stops being niche and it's just the way we do things. Um, so, but in the last few minutes, Eamon, I, I want to hear a bit more about No Carbon and, you know, when you founded it, the team, how people can get involved, find out about you, etc. Um, so, so tell us, um, tell us a bit more about about your organisation. Yeah, so no carbon, K N O W, uh, no carbon dot dot com. I guess is the, is 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 the best uh, the best place to to get in touch with us, and and we look to work with businesses based on understanding their carbon impact, and also then how that. Uh, how they can feel like once they've understood that, reduce that carbon impact, but then also understand how they can actually target their their products uh, at at uh, consumers. So, for example, we work with um, some of the uh, you're aware of of of, of Ten Share and a number of other sharing economy uh, businesses. And, and it's right. First step is like, okay, what's the carbon impact and the carbon impact of the products that they're selling. And then help them understand, you know, look, how do they how do they reduce it, but also grow their business, too, because if you've got a good carbon, if you've got a good product whereby you're reducing and helping individuals reduce their footprint, then, you know, we, we love working on those projects because there's a there's a kind of a win for everybody involved. Absolutely, exactly. And uh, it was such a pleasure having you at the Global Summit. And I, I know for a fact that a lot of people really enjoyed your session because it was really quite different from some of the other ones um, that we we had and I think this is such an important conversation to be having around the the marketplace model and how how we can improve things but also be accountable so um, thanks again Eamon and thank you for coming on the platform podcast um, and we look forward to seeing you at future live events with marketplace risk of course absolutely I always enjoy these uh, the, the, the sessions and the sharing economy, um, uh, the, the sharing economy uh, uh, team and the, and, the, and, the, and the businesses that are looking to, you know, there's many many different businesses in that kind of in that in that group, but that, that that are looking to change the current business model that we have, and and and, and frankly, we, and we need that change, um, and we need it at at scale, and we need it quickly in order to to, to make the, the the kind of difference in in, in, our, in terms of our carbon. Um, uh, emissions that, that are required. So thanks, Al. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk. Tune in next week for another podcast.